Within us all, there resides a hero. We just have to learn how to tap in and unleash the power inside. Kylie Ann Bowers is the founder of Mind Your Hero. And this podcast is the mind foot you need to transform your mindset, manifest your desires, and live a life filled with magic. Each episode inspires you to discover your dreams and equips you with the tools and courage you need to transform your life. We're so excited to have you here. Thanks for hitting play. Now, let's begin. Hello and welcome, gorgeous heroes, to today's podcast. I am so excited for this one. Today marks the first ever episode that we have recorded with a guest. And it was so amazing to record this episode because it became a conversation as opposed to an interview. And the conversation just led to so many beautiful destinations. There's so much value. And I know you guys are going to have so many great takeaways from today's episode. Today, we spoke with Christina Majerek, who currently resides in Cape Town. She is such an incredible lady and is just doing so much good in inspiring others to live authentically and live their brand. She has a podcast called The Honest Hour, and she is a speaker as well as an author, and her book is being released next year, and I am personally so excited to get my hands on a copy of this. Christina has a really interesting story, and her resilience to overcome hardship has truly inspired me. She is so honest about her journey in going deep within herself, and I just know that this will inspire others to do the same. So I don't want to talk about her for too much longer because I want you guys to listen to the full episode. It is the longest episode we've done, but I really think there's a lot of value in it. So listen to it all the way through. You can follow Christina at Cape Town Mom Christina on Instagram. And I will link this up in the show notes so that you guys have easy access to it. But without further ado, I introduce you to our conversation, which is all about stepping into your power so that the algorithm of your life can be influenced by that. Hello, how are you? Hi, Kylie. I'm so good. Thank you. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm so excited to record this podcast because I know we've had a pre-discussion about everything and I think there's going to be a lot of magic that happens today. Yes, yes, I hope so. I'm so excited to be here with you and I love following your journey on social media. You are an inspiration to me. Oh, thank you so much. And same likewise, I mean, you're a mompreneur, so that's something that I am not a fay with yet. Um, and I just think people that can be entrepreneurs and moms are just super women, honestly. They go well together. They really do. It might not make sense, but I, I love it. I love it so much. Amazing. Definitely can't wait to get there one day. <laughs> you will. You'll be great at it. Perfect. So I know we've got some really cool things planned for today. Should we start with the rapid fire questions? Yes. Do you want to go first? Sure. Okay, so my first rapid fire question is, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Oh my gosh, <laughs> these are so hard because you don't get to prepare. Uh, if, if I had a superpower, um, the first thing that comes to mind is being able to be invisible. Um, and then the other one was that I thought of was maybe being able to go back in time. But to be honest with you, I, 
I don't want to have a superpower. I like living life authentically and I don't want to know, I want to trust in the universe and in my gut instinct and also learn from my mistakes. That is amazing. So you basically have all your superpowers within you already. Exactly. Actualization. Amazing. (laughs) And then my second question for you is, what book would you recommend all schools should have in their curriculum that can teach people not about maths and science, but about life? Um, In terms of in-school curriculums, um, is there a certain age group? Not necessarily. You can say for what age group that you would recommend this book for. Okay, so I would say then for university students, I would recommend that everyone read a book by Wayne Dyer called Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. And it talks all about how our perception determines everything in our life. Um, And it sort of goes off the basis of what Albert Einstein once said. And the most beautiful, the most important question you can ever ask is, is the world a beautiful place? And it's, it's an important question to ask because the way you look at things is going to determine your happiness. So you can go through life and have nothing change at all except for your attitude and turn your life around. Amazing. Amazing. And then my third and last question is, do you have a quote that you live by or that resonates with you that you see yourself referring to often? Yes, it goes hand in hand with the last one. And now our rapid fire questions sound planned, but I didn't plan it. Um, (laughs) And if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. I live my life by that all the time, because I think if we live our life with the philosophy of attachment um, or we try to change outcomes or fixate on the past and what could have been or should have been, then we have suffering and we are unhappy. But if you change the way you look at things, you feel better. And we do have control of our attitude. Um, So it's interesting to look at situations like if you had a fallout with a friend or if something bad happened to you, you can look at it from a different perspective and say, okay, what did I learn from that? And what am I grateful for today? Amazing. Such a powerful stance to take. Yeah, I love that one. Change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So true. I remind myself all the time, if I feel like I'm in a funk, I'm like, okay, change the way you're looking at this. It it is. I mean, I even, just to briefly go off topic, I had that experience today with my run. So I've just done a 10 kilometer run. And I realized that generally where I am in my running, um, if I'm running up a hill, I'll be around a lot of people walking at that particular time. And today I was actually with a lot of people that were running. And I'm like, I've changed my perception of running because I'm super grateful that I'm even able to do this with my body. And today was just a reaffirmation of that. It's, yes. you know, when I looked at running from a different point, I was like, wow, I'm around a lot of people that are running and I'm doing better than what I generally do. And it's because I've changed my mindset on how I am running. And it's just because I'm running exactly. with attitude as opposed to I need to better myself and I need to push and I need to get there. I'm like, let me just enjoy this. And it's changed everything. So it's amazing. That's so true. It's not a punishment. It's a gift. Exactly. It's a gift. That Someone once able. said to me, yeah, exactly. Sorry to interrupt you. Someone once said to me, oh my gosh, like you're so disciplined. I don't know how you wake up and exercise before your day starts. And I don't always do that, but some in some seasons, that's what I have to do to exercise. And I said to the person, you know, it's not discipline. It's embracing a gift. Like it makes me feel better. And it it's self-love to prioritize my fitness and my mental, mental health. It, it revolutionizes my day. 
Yeah. Amazing. Definitely. And that was, that was a, like an eye opener for the person who said that to me. They were like, wow, I've never thought of it that way. It's amazing. Yeah. That quote just validates everything we've just said. So exactly. Yeah. So is it my turn? I'm going to ask you your questions. Yes. Okay, cool. I've got them written down here in front of me. Um, okay. So I'm quickly interrupting this podcast episode to let you know that Mind Your Hero is currently running a crowdfunding campaign. We are raising more funds to expand our product range even further to help more people step into the shoes of becoming their inner hero. If you pledge an amount, we will be gifting you not only with the reward of the amount that you pledged for, but an ebook to help you rapidly transform your life. A Hero's Guide to Rapid Transformation is filled with all the tools and tricks that I personally use to transform my life and I cannot wait to gift it to you. Make sure to click on the link listed in these show notes to find out more. What is your dream holiday? Ooh, juicy. Okay, so I've actually got a top three, but I'll choose my top one. So for a while, it's been on my bucket list to go to India, specifically Rishikesh, because I really wow. feel like the Himalayas just has a really amazing spiritual power behind it. I don't know why. It just, it's always drawn me there. <laughs> and I'd love to go and go to different ashrams and like really get um, meditation and yoga training and go deeper within my own practice just to understand myself better. Um, so that's definitely high up on the bucket list. I mean, Travel is something that's very close to my heart, so I could talk about this all day. Yes. But it's, um, there's a lot of places that I want to go to that are not the usual kind of places. So Jordan's very high up, Turkey's very high up, Peru, yeah. But we'll go with India for now because it's a burning desire to get there. I love it. Okay, cool. So the next rapid fire question is: What is your favorite movie of all time? Sure. Um, Okay, I'm going to have to go with Harry Potter. And <laughs> I love Yay, Harry I love it. <laughs> I love the Harry Potter series. I actually love Fantastic Beasts probably more, so even, but like the whole Harry Potter genre. I think there's so much to learn from it, whether you're a young person, an adult. And for me, it was so beautiful because when the books first came out, I was 11. And it kind of grew with how I was growing at that time so it started off with this magic and it was very light-hearted and it grew into something dark and really meaningful but I learned so many lessons from Harry Potter so I think it's such a powerful thing and I sometimes bring it into the Mind Your Hero brand actually because it teaches you about the magic of every day not necessarily yes. magic charms and stuff um, but yeah there's a lot of special special things that you can learn from it. I love Harry Potter. Um, okay, so then the last one is, who would you invite to dinner? If you could invite anyone in the world to dinner, dead or alive, who would be your best dinner guest? Sure. I'm going to have to go with Walt Disney. Um, just because oh. <laughs> I think what he created has really left a legacy on this world. He also mm. had a vision that was so much bigger than anybody else could buy into, especially when he, like, had this vision I mean he started in a garage and Disney is something just so incredible today and a lot of people don't actually know but Disney owns like every single tv station there is they own so much it's incredible they've really built up such an empire and I also just think 
he got so many no's and still had this vision in mind. And yeah, I'd love to find out how he kept his vision when everyone was telling him no um, and just understand his mindset because I think he would be a really fascinating person. No, I agree with you. That would definitely, he would be on my list as well. Such an inspiring character and the resilience and the persistence there is inspiring for an entrepreneur and a creative. Definitely. I love it. Awesome. So I know we want to talk today and I've just seen 11-11. What a great time. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Okay, so I know we want to talk about how we've had like a positive shift recently and I know we've briefly spoken about your story and it's just such an inspiring story to me and I know you speak a lot about it in your podcast so you know if anybody wants to follow your podcast to find out more really highly recommend it it's amazing um but yeah I think because today we want to talk about kind of what the quote even stated was you know that what you look at when you change the way you look at things the things you look at change and that's what we want to talk about today is like the algorithm of life and how what we focus on is what you'll get more of um and how you know everyone's so worried about this instagram algorithm and the facebook algorithm but we actually have it both into our mindset as well and we keep bringing in things that we need to see more of in our lives and it doesn't matter if you're focusing on positive or negative you're going to be bringing that into your life um yes yeah, so I want to hear what your recent positive shift is and how you've overcome something and, yeah, just the lessons that you've learned through it and all of that. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so first of all, I want to say also I really love your podcast and everything that you share on metaphysics and the law of attraction. You really break it down scientifically and explain it in a way that I understand emotionally but on an intellectual level. So thank you for educating us all. I feel like I'm getting a free course. When I listen to your podcast, I'm like, yes, that makes sense. That's what I've always thought, but I didn't know how to say it. Um, So it's amazing. But yeah, I think you and I, like this is why we're here today. We both can really relate to each other's stories on getting to that personal of rock bottom to identify that change needs to happen and that the change starts with us, not in the world around us, not in the people around us, and not from our past. The change starts right now. Um, And it's that personal responsibility, which can be a, a, a tough one to swallow, but also incredibly liberating and so transformative and humbling. Um, so for me, I mean, I think we go through a journey of these awakenings throughout life in each chapter, but my last one happened in January or February this year. I started my 24th round of antibiotics in the, in, for the past three years. Um, so after I had my second son, I was really riddled with allergies and eczema and asthma. And so I I kept getting secondary lung infections and kept going to the doctor and having to take more and more antibiotics. I also experienced, um, hormonal changes and postnatal depression and was on antidepressants. And then on top of all of that, when you think I should have been taking care of my health even more than ever, I had two small children and I was getting sick all the time, I was in fact drinking almost a bottle of wine every single night just to cope with the stress and anxiety that I was experiencing in my life. And in February this year, when I started that 24th round of antibiotics, 
and I actually went to the doctor. I was hospitalized. Um, it was a scheduled hospitalization, so it wasn't like an emergency happened, and then I was taken to the emergency room. Um, because I'd been sick so much, they wanted to test me. Um, they wanted to test all my bloods. They wanted to see my IgE levels. They wanted to look at my lungs on a CT scan and also on my sinuses to see why I keep getting these um, this fluid buildup and these lung infections. And the test showed that everything with me is actually fine. My lungs are in perfect health and my sinuses are in perfect health and my body, to quote the doctor, was producing antibodies beautifully. Um, my IgE levels were at about 700 and a normal level is 70. Um, so I, my body was in quite an inflammatory state. Um, and the doctor just left me with an increased dose of antidepressants and an increased dose of antihistamines and said, life is really stressful and hard. None of this is your fault. There's nothing you can do about it. It was very compassionate. Um, but since he was about like the eighth doctor I'd seen in three years and he gave me my 24th round of antibiotics, well, I first went away with my family and drank a lot of wine and had my low moment. And then I realized I need to become the new CEO of my life and fire all of these doctors and do what I knew I needed to do. And that was to change my mindset and my behaviors. So the wine and the smoking cigarettes in the evenings really had to go so that I could heal my gut and heal my life. And what I did shortly after that as well is I started to see a psychiatrist, not a psychologist. Um, I wanted to see a psychiatrist to help me go off the medication if, if, if my body would allow it. Um, and I was able to do that. Um, over the course of like three months, I went off the antidepressants fully. I stopped drinking alcohol completely. I stopped smoking completely. I'd never took an antibiotic again. And all the daily medications also went away. Um, and, you know, but it was incredibly enlightening and liberating in the beginning, very exciting, very empowering. Um, and then shortly after that, like, I want to say honeymoon period of this new phase of my life, the demons that I've been obviously trying to numb and run away from surfaced. But this time I said, I'm not going to hide. I'm going to process what's coming up for me and heal from these wounds. And that started a journey where I continued to see the psychiatrist to speak about the things that were troubling me, which funny enough, um, but not uncommonly so, were all rooted in childhood. And I wrote all of my thoughts and all of my reflections, which has now been compiled into a memoir called Adopted, Finding a New Kind of Happiness where I've written about my childhood and how it's affected me in motherhood. There's an interesting psychological theory that they have in, in the world of psychology, and it's called the, uh, the ghosts in the nursery. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, it's very interesting. And in, in fact, this is a really good rapid fire question for a mom. What book would you recommend? In a mom? I would recommend, um, that hospitals should be giving to us in our paperwork a little leaflet that talks about the ghosts in the nursery. Because if I'd known this, it would have explained so much that I actually, without knowing it, I felt so alone with and so afraid of discussing and being honest about. But what happened is after I had my kids, I was really triggered with wounds that I'd buried because of how painful it was to deal with them. Um, and 
Yeah, the, the ghost in the nursery talks about how when you have kids, it triggers things that you haven't dealt with from your own childhood. And so when I reflected on all of this in my book and I reflected on my childhood, um, I realized that I, I, I'm actually deeply traumatized and I, I never had an opportunity to deal with all of those traumas because of how fast my life moved. Um, so just to give the listeners a background, and I talk a lot about this on my podcast, I'm on other people's podcasts, and obviously the book is coming in next year. Um, when I was 10 years old, my biological family abandoned me <clears throat> and my sister just younger than me. So there were five of us. Sorry, my voice sounds bad because I actually have been battling a bit of a cold. Um, but yeah, so when I was 10 years old, my family gave us away. They had financial issues. There were drug issues. Um, to paint the childhood that I had, I moved around about six times before I was adopted at the age of 10. Um, my mother was a drug addict and she was involved in gangs. And my father was in the military and he was an alcoholic. Um, so both of them were abusive and neglectful to say the least. Um, and the circumstances were so bad that it ended up in us being fostered and then adopted. And after I was adopted, I wasn't put in therapy. I didn't have any communication with my biological family or a social worker to continue to speak to. I had no contact with my past. And when I was curious and asking questions, I was met with a lot of resistance from my biological parents, specifically my biological mother, um, who um, had a lot of her own issues to deal with. Um, and it was a very complicated relationship that I unpack a lot in my book. Um, but to deal with the trauma as I grew up in life, I dealt with it in ways that I knew how, but were not the healthy ways. Um, but as Oprah says, when we know better, we do better. So that's why it's important that we do educate ourselves and we empower ourselves to recognize that the things that are not serving us need to change and the change starts right up here in our heads. And so I'm pointing at my head um, for the listeners. Um, but yeah, I, I, was, I went through a series of overeating, undereating, and then severe anorexia um, where I lost my period. I had bruises up my spine from sitting in the school chairs. Um, and then, you know, going into adulthood, just the, the socializing culture of running away from any anxieties, from social anxiety to the pressures at work. And then in motherhood, you know, you'll hear it all the time if you're watching the adverts or seeing what people are sharing on social media that mommy needs her wine. So I really fell victim to these social influences that we have around unhealthy ways of coping. Um, I was no different, but I knew that it wasn't serving me because of how sick my body was getting. And I knew that I had to just deal with the wounds that were coming up. And that's what I've done in the past six months. And it has been so healing. It's revolutionized my friendships, my work performance, my relationship, my motherhood experience. Um, and yeah, no, I'm incredibly passionate about personal development and um, personal responsibility. Living our best lives starts with honesty, self-reflection, and self-love. Yeah, definitely have to be authentic and super honest with ourselves to understand what's going on with us because I think in a situation that you went through it's so easy to blame your past and just give like drinking the bottle of wine every night 
oh, well, I've had a really traumatic childhood, so that's my excuse for drinking. But it's amazing to see how you've taken ownership of that and really transmuted it into something so beautiful. And I think so many people need to hear your story because I think it's going to inspire so many people to understand that, you know, you can fix anxiety, you can fix depression, and you can fix everything when you take control of it and understand it deeply and work through it but it does it does require doing that hard work yeah I just also want to say for the listeners that the victim mentality doesn't need to look like feeling like you need to feel sorry for yourself because of what was done to you because Mm -hmm. that's not how my victim mentality looked and that's why I think I was so deluded for so long and how I was self-sabotaging my victim mentality looked more like it's all my fault. I'm abandoned. I'm ashamed. I'm unworthy. I owe people. My, my value is determined by what people think of me. And I'm only allowed to do things where I have people, people's approval. And if you operate in, a, in the world like that, you never feel secure in any of your decisions. And you are not empowered. And you feel like you need to be this way because you adopted the belief system that was given to you by the insecure people who raised you, whether they were school teachers or your parents or friends around you. When you have this insecure mentality, it is a victim mentality because you allowed yourself to adopt what people were telling you. And that's what I talk about in my memoir, Adopting a New Kind of Happiness, is that you need to stop seeking your value and your purpose and your worth in other people's opinions. You have to feel that inherently in yourself. And it looks like setting healthy boundaries in your personal life, the way you're treating yourself and the way you allow yourself to behave in relationships. That's on the surface level though. The real work starts on the inside by acknowledging the fact that something bad happened to you in the first place. And that is hard. I, I avoided doing that for years despite going to therapy. Um, it was hard to recognize that I was abandoned. I mean, I never even used that word until this year. I was abandoned. I was. I sort of had this mentality that like I should be incredibly grateful because it could have been worse. And that is a good attitude, but you also need to know that it's okay to say what's not okay. And that empowers you to set a new precedent for yourself and for your community and your children when you say it stops here. Definitely. I mean, sure, I think there's just, yeah, there's so much value in that. So, so much value in that. It's, I think the three things that come up for me the most is um, the things that most people suffer with. And it's because of the way our brains are wired. So, our brains are wired to make us survive. They're not actually wired in a way to make us a happy human being. And mm. the things that a lot of people are suffering from today is I am not enough. The fear of getting rejected because you have this past that is different. So you feel like you're going to be rejected from the tribe and starve to death, not get what you need. And um, yeah, and I can't remember the third one right now, but it's those three things that kind of just a lot of people are suffering from. Yes. Once you start realizing it and you work through it, and I think that's what my first podcast episode was about, was feeling every emotion and understanding it and not 
pushing yes. it aside and pulling up your socks and being like, I need to be happy all the time. I need to be in this good vibrational state all the time. Otherwise, I'm manifesting the wrong things. It's not about that. It's about leaning deeply into every emotion, into every wrongdoing and right doing and everything. Otherwise, what you resist persists. And I'm sure mm-hmm. you are a testament to that, that you just put it off for so long. But then yes. you realize that there were deeply rooted causes to your actions in everyday life, probably. Yes, yes. And recognizing that while you, it's survivor's mode, like you said, mm-hmm. you had to be in survivor's mode when you were the victim of abuse. But with years distancing me from that past and miles, kilometers in geography, I was still choosing to operate out of survivor's mode. Um, And that was a hard pill for me to swallow that I had to admit, I'm living with such anxiety because I feel inherently like I don't deserve the life I have. So I'm sabotaging myself. And right now, no one is holding a knife to my neck, forcing me to live this way. It's me. And while that can be hard to say, like it's easier to continue to feel like a victim or to continue to feel like you're in survivor's mode or that you have an abuser. Once you do swallow that pill and you take the responsibility, that's when the real change can happen. And it's incredibly empowering. And I think the listeners would really get appreciate uh, like value out of understanding how was it for you swallowing that pill of taking responsibility, but looking back, how rewarding was it at the same time? Because I think sometimes in our situations when we don't see any light around us and we are in that dark hole of desperation and now you learning that you have to take ownership of your own problems, it's really difficult. So looking back now, because I think a lot of people are also afraid to admit that they need help. A lot of people are afraid to seek psychologist's help or psychiatrist's help um, because it's overwhelming and it's scary. And I think a lot of people have been conditioned to believe that if they're seeking help, they weak in some way or form. Whereas I can say to people that if you are willing to work on yourself and go to a psychologist or go to a therapist, it's the strongest thing you can do because you are choosing to actively work on yourself. So I think I would really like to know as well, looking back, how rewarding has it been to go through that whole process and do that inner work and see the results that you have now? Wow. I mean, it's priceless. It's, it's, I'm, I'm so grateful that I'm on this journey and I say I'm on this journey because it's not just something that happens and it's clicked and then it's done. It's, it's, it's a, it's an approach to living. It's a lifestyle forever. Um, and you know, obviously I still get into funks and I still have a bad day and my feelings still get hurt. Um, but I snap out of things incredibly quickly because I recognize that emotions are just emotions and thoughts are just thoughts and that you have to keep things in perspective. You cannot change the past and you cannot change other people but you can change your own life. And you also need to keep your eye on the goalpost. And this is sort of where my whole transformation manifested, which I didn't realize it, but I was invited to do a vision board workshop in October last year. So almost a year ago, 
Um, and I'd always wanted to do a vision board, but I've never taken the time to do it. I mean, I do spend time writing out my dreams and I've, I love daydreaming. That's been an escape for me. That's been a part of surviving for me for a long time, but I've never gone through the act of doing like a proper vision board. And that is a process. I mean, it's like, it was a four hour workshop. It was so empowering. Um, but for me, that first step of taking time out from normal life and allowing myself to, without judgment and without boundary, to seek unabounding joy and to dream of what I would like my life to be was such a gift and so fulfilling. And then this is where I also found out that I was living with such insecurity and unworthiness is right after I did my vision board, I felt incredibly ashamed because I felt like I'm, I'm not worth I, I don't deserve this and I can't achieve this in my life. And I'm, my vision board's in front of me right now. It's filled with books. It's filled like there's women on it, holding a microphone, being a professional speaker. The word in the center of the vision board is empower and vision boards. They are not thought out. Like you just have to go with a flow. I cannot explain the whole process here, but it's a very slow integrated process. There's vegetables. There's pictures of the bush of couples traveling and camping salads, like re the words reinvention, fit life, business, healing, have it all a woman writing, um, what happy people do all these beautiful things. And I felt filled with this dread and anxiety of like, I've set myself up now to achieve these things and I'm not capable, nor am I worthy of achieving this life. And what slowly happened after that is the health thing happened, which I didn't relate at all that any of these things that happened were related to my vision board, but I'd sort of planted the seed of what could be. And the point I'm trying to say, basically everything on my vision board has come true. We're going to the Kruger Park in two weeks time, which has always been a dream and I've never understood how it could happen. And a series of things happened that it is happening, which is so exciting. Um, I have done five live speaking events this year. I've done podcast after podcast. I've written my book. It's coming out next year. It's with an editor. And it wasn't like I saw this vision board and then I was like, okay, I need to get down to work and do all of this. It was sort of like I said, okay, like I do recognize that the life I'm living right now and the life I dream of living are not at all in alignment. And then I sort of like gave myself to the universe and I said, okay, like I trust that I'm going to be told what I need to do to be in alignment with my dreams. And I trust that what is meant to go will go and what's meant to stay will stay and what is meant to come will come. I'm open. And I didn't say any of these things. It was just a mentality from which I started to live my life. Um, and after the vision board, like obviously the next steps were personal responsibility. So once you allow yourself to dream of something, it allows you to start intellectually understanding that you're not in line with that and that the only person that is not serving is you because mm -hmm. no one else is going to achieve your dreams for you. It's your choice. You can choose to numb and to cope every single day because you're stuck in the pains of the past or in unworthiness that you don't deserve a life that you actually want for yourself. Or you can choose to let the bad things go and the bad people go 
and to put yourself in line with your life and your dreams and your more and everything's become so clear <laughs> it's amazing it is amazing um, and also I just wanted to go back to the point where you said you know you'd done your vision board and you didn't quickly go to action and make yourself busy and I think this is the thing that I love teaching about is that there's such a difference between action versus inspired action. And, mm-hmm. and you, you put it so perfectly, you allowed yourself to be open to what the universe is telling you to do. And you allowed yourself to be open to the opportunity. And it's not to say that you sat on the couch for the next five months and didn't do anything um, because action is so important, but you took inspired action. And I think, that's something mm. that a lot of people need to learn the difference about is that, yes, you have to take action towards the goals, but it shouldn't feel like you're constantly busy, that you're constantly burning out. And I think this is... No, it's the opposite of that. I'm yeah. trying a lot less. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, because you're surrendering and you also just have the faith that it's going to work out. You just know that everything is on the right path. And sometimes yeah. that is scary. Sometimes it's so scary to just surrender into your dreams and your visions and you don't necessarily know where you're going but there's something that says inside of you it's just going to work out you're going to be okay like it's it's all going to be fine but I mean you talk about this so much in your podcast too Kylie and I love that and how if you when you do a vision board and you look at everything on there if you ask yourself the question of why do you want to attain those things or why do you want to achieve those things the answer of why any of us want anything is very simple. We want to feel peace and joy and love and happiness. And when I realized that, I thought, I'm unhappy and I'm drinking wine every night and taking antidepressants and getting sick all the time because I genuinely feel like I'm unworthy. And I realized it wasn't about writing a book. It wasn't about becoming a fit health nut. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about traveling. It was about the things that I believed those three things would achieve for me. I wanted to feel self-love. And that is something that the, nothing has to change on the outside. It only changes on the inside. But when you work on the inside first, the outside starts to change. It's like if you want to, you know, lose 20 pounds because you're unhealthily overweight. You have to love yourself first and believe that you're already there. Because when you believe you're already there, you don't want to comfort eat. You don't need to like fill voids. Yes, it's changing yourself at an identity level. And that's something I experienced on my weight loss journey even where, you know, I was wanting to lose weight, getting frustrated, getting in the cycle. And um, I realized at one point that I needed to change the way I looked at everything. and now I'm in a space of I love and honor my body so much that I don't want to put in the crappy food. I don't mm. want to go to McDonald's. I don't want to eat the junk food and stuff. And it's not to say I'm perfect all the time because I do believe we are human and we are all a work in yeah. progress. And like you said, you know, it doesn't mean to say that you don't have your bad days or your upset days and stuff. So I, I still do have my cheat days and want drunk kebabs or whatever the case is. But it's about honoring and loving yourself and appreciating yourself so much that you listen intuitively to what your body is needing and Absolutely. I think you know I've also you mentioned gut health and I think gut health is something we should all be paying so much attention to and it's a journey yes. I've been on a lot this year with my own gut health and I believe 
again, with being open to the universe, I've been led into the right people's paths to help me mm-hmm. with my health, gut health. And that's, yes. that's inspired action. That's about being open and receptive, setting an intention. Okay, I want to fix my gut health so I can lose weight and feel the best I've ever felt. How do yes. I do this? I'm going to be open and receptive to how this should happen. And the right healers have come into my path. They come. And they, it might have been that they were already coming before, but you weren't in line with your truth. So you would reject it before it manifested. Exactly. And I think that's also where people go wrong with their manifestation journeys, because I think we onto such a juicy topic here with manifestation. Um, but people will make a vision board and then they'll sit there and be like, okay, I want to go to the Kruger but I'm not going to go to the Kruger because X, Y, and Z. They don't trust that it's going to happen. So they'll sit there looking at their vision board, but being in the lack mentality of the yeah. actually happening, so they repel it even more. And I think that's yeah. where people don't understand. They focus in the lack of it, or they, I know, for example, like a lot of people are like, okay, I want to be debt-free. I want to be debt-free, but they focus in that sentence is on debt, debt. as opposed <laughs> to financially abundant. So it's all about that mindset shift and living in the abundance of what you already have and knowing that more is on its way. Exactly. Exactly. I am with you. Should we move on to you and how you became the hero of your life? Awesome. So I have explained my story briefly before, but I do want to go more in depth with it today. Um, So I hit my rock bottom as so to say on my 26th birthday and mm. I'd also been in a space where I'd been drinking a lot and partying a lot and was acutely aware of how single I was I was acutely aware of the fact that all of my friends had started moving on in life they had marriages or babies at that point or you know and I was still living at home with mom and drinking my life away not like I wouldn't say as an alcoholic but I was definitely mm. partying a lot. I was definitely doing things that were not aligned to my highest self. And yes. when I started realizing that I wanted to have a good relationship with somebody, I wanted to move out. I, I had, I've always been a very ambitious person, so I've always had bigger visions for my life. I didn't know exactly what that was yet, but I'd always had these great grand visions, even though I didn't know what it was. Um, <laughs> And I think I I got to that point where I stopped and I realized, okay, if I was a male looking into my life right now, would I want to date myself? Would I want to marry myself? Would I want to have a child with myself? And the answer was a very big resounding no. And like you said, it's a lot of the stuff that I'd gone through with childhood as well. Like I also went through a year where I had to move seven times in one year that was recently after my dad had passed away. So I had a lot of unsettled childhood trauma that I also had to work through. And once I took ownership of that myself, I decided to become even more serious with my psychologist. So I had been seeing a psychologist on and off for a couple of years. I had also been to like three different kinds of psychologists until I found my one. And I always say that to people, when you find the one, you find the one. It's the person yeah. that resonates with you that you can tell absolutely anything and feel comfortable with, but also challenges you because I think the first three or so sessions they make you feel really good, and then you start to hate them because they start challenging you, and that's when the growth actually happens. Yeah. So 
I went back and I was sometimes in his office twice a week. I was more often than not there at least once a week. And I, I did some serious going through all of my past trauma again. So I had yes. been through it. But then when I decided that I was getting serious with everything, not just like, okay, cool, like I've got some issues I need to sort out. Okay, like, you know, and treating it quite nonchalantly. And when I decided to become serious, that's when the, the magic actually happened because um, I did the hard work. So yeah. there was a month where I went on social media completely. I stopped all alcohol. I try to eat as healthy as possible because I really do believe that what we are putting into our bodies helps with everything. I mean, there's mm. a saying, you are what you eat, but it helps with our mental vitality, our physical vitality, just absolutely everything. Like that mind connection is phenomenal. And the vagus nerve and just, ah, oh, that's like a whole new podcast. Another that we can subject. Maybe, yeah, <laughs> talk about one day. Um, but yeah, so I got really serious about my, about my mental health, actually, and dated myself and figured out who I was because I did not know who I was. I knew certain things about myself and I knew where I wanted to go. But if you don't know who you are, you don't have a starting place. And I had forgotten who Kylie was. I didn't know who Kylie was anymore. And so it was a whole process of getting to know myself again. Okay, what's my favorite color? What are my values? What do I believe in? What don't I believe in? And that's also something that's happened a lot with me in this past week, actually, because I've been doing a lot of subconscious mind work. And like you say, you know, these things will always come back and that you've always got to carry on working through them. But Mm. I've realized this week that with everything I've done, I finally found my own brand voice and that's with Mind Your Hero. And I've finally found the things that I do strongly believe in and do strongly not believe in. And it's also doing this work. And like you said, it doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. And it's almost like, you start detangling one area of your life and then you're like, okay, cool, next level. Okay, detangle, okay, next level. And sometimes you you have like cross, you know, pathways and things are overlapping, but you're constantly delayering and sorting through. And yes. yeah, so in this time that I had taken out as my sabbatical, that's when I had signed up for a half marathon, um, my first ever. So I had I had exactly a month to train from the 26th of February wow. to the 26th of March. I had I had started running a few months prior to that. I'd done a okay. couple of 10 kilometers. So it wasn't like I was going from scratch. I had, Zero, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'd started running in the November, um, like seriously. And yeah, and I just put my all and everything into that half marathon. It went wow. so amazingly. I even said to running friends today how it was still the best half marathon I've ever done. Like, Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah, experienced the runners high and just absolutely felt invincible. And I actually spoke to my psychologist at the time. I was like, I've never taken drugs, but I've spoken to people that <laughs> have because I'm very fascinated with the mindset that they achieve when they're on drugs. And I was like, it, to me, it sounds like what people experience when they take cocaine, like that feeling of yeah. being absolutely invincible. And he's like, yes. that's why people, when they're recovering drug addicts, go off to do half yes. marathons or comrades or half Ironmans. It's because, yes. or, or Ironmans, um, it's because of the adrenaline and that runner's high, that complete euphoria. And I think that's also something that intrigued my interest with the mind even more, is that we have 
such powerful things that we can do with our minds if we just yes. explore it more. Um, yes. And one of the things that and we don't need drugs to do that. It can all happen within. Exactly. And and yeah, and I also started exploring with um, holotropic breathwork that I had discovered through Wim Hof, which was super, super interesting. And I truly believe that I healed a lot of my pain inside with holotropic breathwork because you mm. kind of go quite deep and um, things just come up and there would be moments where I'd cry my eyes out and I didn't know what I'd cry my eyes out at, but I was releasing stored energy within my body in places that I didn't even know existed. Um, so that's Amazing. how I had to also like deal with trauma that probably I don't even remember. Um, yeah but you know had to go through all of that and my running journey and I speak a lot about it because I truly believe running changed my life um my running journey enabled me to enter mad to run which is a big yeah. part of the mind your hero story and with that um it's a run from Johannesburg to Cape Town it's over seven days and then on the, eighth, on the eighth day you do two oceans marathons so Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, that's it's amazing. Like, it's like a little victory lap at the end of it. Um, and, you know, I entered this in the May after doing my first half ever marathon in the March. So it was, it was quite a quick projection in my yeah. running. Um, and I wasn't, I've never been a strong natural born runner. It's something that I've had to yeah. work at. And I think it's also quite interesting for me because generally I've, I've done figure skating. I was a um, figure skater, ballet dancer, done all of these different things. And those things came easily to me. I was never yeah. an Olympic athlete and I was never like first place winners, but those things came easily to me. Running yes. is something that challenges me to the core of my soul because it is something so difficult um, yeah. for me. And I've also done a lot of mindset work around running and it's become a lot easier since I've broken through a lot of um, subconscious beliefs about running, which has been really phenomenal. Um, but when I was going to Cape Town, I hadn't done a lot of mindset work on running, but I do believe that my mindset got me to Cape Town because yeah. I'd done a lot of meditation, visualization, gotten into the right vibrational alignment for this journey. And that's what I believe got me to Cape Town. It wasn't my physical strength. Um, no, it's always mental, yeah. Completely. And that for me, that whole journey just taught me so much. It, it taught me how resilient we are as humans, how we can always do so much more than what we think we are capable of. Um, yes. Because, you know, there, there were runners that managed to do over 350 kilometers in that week, which is incredible. But for me, doing my 134 kilometers in a week was something I never thought was possible. For me. Wow. And I learned so many lessons through that journey as well because I kept comparing myself to the other runners that were on the journey who had mm. been running and who were strong runners. And we did like a practice session called Mini Mad a couple of months before just to see how the whole thing works because it's very complicated with the logistics. It's, it's a huge moving ship that makes its way down to Cape Town. It's really incredible. Yeah. And I kept comparing myself to their journey. And the mm. moment I realized, at, and after Minimat, I was completely distraught. I was like, I'm not worthy of this journey. I, I'm not meant to be on this. I can't keep up with everybody. 
I'm letting the team down and all of those feelings of I'm not enough, I'm not worthy, I'm not deserving, all of those things came up. And I think, again, I felt like I was going to be rejected because I wasn't mm. able to keep up with it. It was a test. Completely. And then I sat with my thoughts and I was like, I'm not doing this to be the best runner. I'm doing this to add value in a different way. And actually, this is not about the running. This is about the charity that we're doing this for. This is something yeah. so much bigger than myself. And when I realized that, everything changed. And I realized that I was on my own journey and I could control how I experienced this and everything changed. It wasn't about everybody else. It was about me and my journey and being part of something so much bigger to give back to the world. And that was something that also just changed my mindset with everything, with work, with relationships, with everything. We have to start comparing ourselves. And earlier on, I told you that I was comparing myself with people that were getting married and having kids and doing yes. all of this stuff. And I think it just was like it's such a full circle moment. It's like I need to yeah. take ownership for what I can do and be in control of what I am capable of. And that's all I need to do is control myself. And Exactly. Yeah. And I think this whole adventure obviously was the starting point to Mind Your Hero. I came back and I was like, I've got this passion project. I don't really know what it's going to be yet, but I'd like to be able to teach people about the power of the mind and how yeah. it can just really transform your life. And and just, yeah, you can manifest all your desires just from transforming your mindset. And I think that's what 100%. I love about Mind Your Hero is that I'm using the what people call the woo-woo of manifestation and law of attraction, but with the scientific explanations and quantum, yes. uh, yeah, the quantum physics sides of things with the, he opens the universe's blessings, you know, um, yeah that when science and magic combine, that's when you manifest your desires, I, I think. It's no, absolutely. Absolutely. And in that run there, that was you changing the way you were looking at the situation by taking your mind out of self and looking at things with a bigger perspective and that you were a part of something. Completely. And just knowing that you're giving back because I think, you know, when you start realizing what an incredible life we live, um, and how many people are not able to afford the opportunities that we have, you start realizing that you have to give back and it's our purpose on this earth to serve others in some way or form. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a big part of the Mind You Hero brand as well is that we have to learn how to serve, whether it's through our time or monetary or whatever, but there's always a way that you can serve. There's even if you just make a person's day by smiling at them every day, it's, it's the little things. Um, yeah. And just mind your heroes being such an incredible journey. And it's all a manifestation of me having to do a lot of inner work, a lot of soul searching. And I mean, there are still days, do not get me wrong. <laughs> there are still <laughs> days I want to give up. There are still days that I'm like, I'm never going to make it with mind your hero and things are not going well. And there's been a few of those days, but, I think absolutely there will be completely and I think it's a bigger vision that keeps me going you know yeah. I know where I want to take this and I know how I want to help people through this um so yeah that's and I mean the the amount of inner work I have to do continually on a daily basis as an entrepreneur 
is more than I've ever had to do. It questions me, it challenges me, it pushes me, it pulls me, but inevitably it just exponentially grows me every single day. And I think that's what I love about being an entrepreneur is that it's not easy, but it is so worth it. And absolutely, a, I think it's just such a replica of the inner work you have to do as well. Like it's not easy, but it is just so worth it. It is. It's like a little example of life, <laughs> our own inner work. Yeah. That's why I like, I love working with female entrepreneurs. Um, my brand slogan is I help women live their life and brand strategy. And it's because I started doing talks this year on um, having a marketing strategy for your brand, how to connect with your audience and know who they are and convert the conversations to sales. But most importantly, on how to work on your life strategy. And that means having an inner confidence that translates to your business. And the real work has to start from within, because if you don't believe in your worthiness or your value, how can you sell something? How can you sell a concept or an idea or a brand? Um, because you are your brand when you're, when you're an entrepreneur. And I, I even see it in big corporate companies and, you know, and I think the world is shifting and it's changing and we're having this huge conscious awakening. The more I speak about it, the more I'm realizing it really is happening. But I think the corporates are also realizing that, and I think the greatest gift is actually the millennial generation because they're showing them that there's a different way mm -hmm. of life and yes. you can have your cake and eat it too. And yeah. I think it's, you know, this whole shift of, okay, our company can no longer just produce something. It has to have a purpose. It has to think yeah. about its packaging in all things, not just like a, the covering of a product, but how are you packaging your product? How are you speaking about it? What are your values? What is your purpose for this brand and yeah yeah it's no and longer your corporate social responsibility yeah the millennials are connected more than ever i mean it's difficult to indoctrinate today's youth because we have information at our fingertips and so that holds people responsible and i think we're going to see the entire media and political landscape change because politicians are being held accountable with what they're saying online now um we don't need to be manipulated by the media who has their hand in the pockets of the politicians or the businesses we actually get to see firsthand what's happening in communities and people's lives inside businesses and yeah it's a tough time for the global economy and the global political situation but i think the world is having a wonderful conscious shift um toward a better understanding and um, human relationships i think we're going to see a lot of positive changes i agree i agree it's it's actually such Thank an exciting time. <laughs> yeah, well, I am one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's such an exciting time for for life at the moment. Yeah. And, this world. and, you know, we really are having that beautiful conscious awakening. And I think it's going to change. The, well, it is. It's already changing the world. Yeah. Phenomenal. I agree. I really love it. Um, so we wanted to move on after we explained how we became the hero yes. heroes in our own lives to um, sort of give our listeners some feedback on what our best tips are for how they can step into their power as well. Um, do you want me to go first with my tips, Kylie, or do you want to go yes. ahead and go first? I think let's hear from you because I've just been chatting up a storm here. So let's hear from okay, you cool. what your tips are. Awesome. No, I, I loved hearing your story. It's so inspiring. I can relate on so many levels. I wanted to keep interjecting, but I was like, no, let her finish. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So I have three tips for people and I use these in my talks. I think they are just so relatable and transferable for anyone. Um, but 
like obviously I said in my first story, I realized in hindsight the turning point for becoming the hero in my life and facing that act of personal responsibility um, was doing a vision board. And I'm not saying everyone has to do a vision board, but I think in order to identify how you can make positive changes in your life and become a happier person is you need to know what you want and what kind of life you'd like to be living. Um, and in order to do that, we often look up to role models. And what I'm here to say is that you need to have a role model so that when the going gets tough or when you get confused or you get blocked, you look at that person for support um, and inspiration. And it doesn't need to be your mom. It doesn't need to be someone you work with. It doesn't need to be someone in the country you live in or someone you know. We have access to information, like we were just saying now, in the digital age we live in and with the millennials all working for us, helping us stay connected. Um, we can find a role model online, listening to podcasts or watching YouTube videos, um, whether it's Oprah or someone that's passed away uh, in the past, like Albert Einstein, there are people that can inspire us that they don't need to be in our daily lives. Look to them for inspiration and how they overcame obstacles and stayed consistent on their path to success too. Um, so number one is have a role model. Um, and then number two is have a plan. So failing to plan is planning to fail. And the reason I say you need to have a plan, okay, so we talk about having a vision and then trusting the universe, but you can also sort of re reverse engineer a roadmap to get to your goal. So if you, run, if you want to run a marathon, you do actually need to train for it, obviously, like you said. You're not just gonna show up and then after visualizing night after night, you like do an incredible job running this marathon. You have to reverse engineer your plan. So start with what you're capable of doing now and then build on that slowly. So if you have to run 10Ks, your halfway mark, you wanna be running 5Ks. And your halfway mark between that, you wanna be able to run to 2.5Ks. So you have to reverse engineer a plan. If you have a plan, um, if you have a goal in mind, and you don't know how to get there, you can just break that down into miniature goals and then celebrate each little step every day. And the third one, the most important thing that I recommend people is become best friends with failure. <laughs> Stop being afraid of failing. Stop being afraid of being judged or criticized or worrying about what people think. If you want to become something in life, if you want to achieve something new, you have to accept the fact that on the way there, you are going to fall on your face. And in order to make that easier for yourself, accept that it's going to happen and celebrate it. Look forward to the times where you stumble on your words in a speech or you write an article and you get a ton of bad feedback um, or you lose an employee or you get fired from your job or you injure yourself in a run because every single time you fail, it means you've been trying to achieve something for yourself, which is always applaudable. So embrace failure. I Those are my three tips. I love, I love that. And just on the failure one, um, I believe that failure is feedback. And I also believe that everyone's going to judge you anyway. So you may as well just embrace exactly who you are and show up as your authentic self because get judged for the person you really are as opposed to somebody you're trying to be. Um, yeah. And in like a non-authentic way. Amazing. So my top three tips are the first, and I really, really believe this, is to get to know who you are. Get mm. to know what your values are, who you 
who you are, what you stand for, what you don't, because often we feel anxious or depressed or become unhappy with something because somebody's done something to us, but we don't have the boundaries in place because we don't know who we are and we don't know what our values are, yet we keep getting triggered or we keep getting rubbed up the wrong way. So get yes. to know yourself intimately before you try and do anything. Then secondly, have a bigger vision for your life and find out what sets your soul on fire. Find out what your purpose is and why you want the things that you want. Um, mm. Because when you find out that, again, it goes into your values and it all stems from getting to know yourself so intimately. Yeah, you have confidence. Exactly. Yeah. And then thirdly, once you've gotten to know who you are currently, once you know what sets your soul on fire, become the person whose dreams have already been answered. So that is stepping into the next level version of yourself. And I want to make it very clear that I'm not saying pretend that you're somebody that you're not. It's yes. just becoming a better version of who you currently are. Um, yeah. Allowing yourself permission to be your best self and to live that dream. Exactly. So, I mean, one of the things, it sounds so silly, but it's something that means so much to me, is I, I've always thought of myself as a very elegant and classy person. And the one thing I always put two and two together with is that a classy, sophisticated woman always has the nails done. So that's something I'm trying to drop into my life and it makes me feel better. Yes. Things like that. Becoming the person whose dreams have already been answered. It doesn't mean you have to go out and buy the expensive car or the expensive clothes or it's this little step and it's taking little steps of action every single day towards your bigger vision. And that's what That's so true. I love that so much. I just want to add on to that. Mm. Um, One of the things that I kept saying to myself in the last you know, eight months of journeying into stepping into my power and building a confidence that I would, I didn't realize was lacking is whenever I got hung up on something, because obviously when you stop drinking and you're used to drinking a bottle of wine every night or taking antidepressants, all of those feelings of unworthiness and anxiety that you were numbing, like they're really loud in your head now. And you fixate on every little thing like, oh, that person looked at me. Oh, that person didn't reply back to my message. Or, oh, that like that person didn't unfollowed me on Instagram or whatever it may be. And, and recognizing that like I was almost, um, I was really disappointed in the things that were, I was giving my power to. And I thought to myself, look at your vision board and look at the things that matter to you in your life and remind yourself of your why and your what what would your five years from now self tell you to what you're saying right now? And what would you tell to another person that you believe should have confidence? And it usually really snapped me into my power again and made me realize that those things didn't matter and I had to let them go. And so it makes me really in line with that continuum of focus and direction and peace in the journey. Of realizing like if you're trying really hard or you're not trying really hard, you will inevitably fail and you will inevitably let people down. So if you know exactly who you are and exactly what you want in your life, you're going to have peace. And that's all that matters. Exactly. And just my last point is that when you start doing the inner work, often a lot of chaos enters into your life, but Mm. you cannot expect a new life 
if the old doesn't shift and make space for the new to happen. So sometimes we start doing this inner work and we start like manifesting our desires and then all of this chaos comes about and you don't understand why. That is just the chaos before the clarity. Yes. And your old life has to crumble away so that your new life can take space. It's all about creating space because energy is never lost. It's just transferred. And it's about yes. that energy transfer of making this room for this new beautiful life. So if you have started on this personal journey to our listeners, and you are experiencing that chaos and that disarray in your life, just yeah. know that it's all working out in your highest favor. That's so true. That's very true. I definitely experienced that in my transition in the beginning. Like there was a lot of tears shed, but it felt like a release. It felt like shifting and that it didn't last forever. There was another side of that. Like, and it's all clear and sparkly blue eyes now, like happy days. Um, and I didn't realize that at the time that you have that chaos before the clarity, but that is absolutely true. Like I did have chaos before the clarity, but I'm so grateful that I went through that chaos. Otherwise it would have been a lifetime of numbing that chaos and never having that clarity. Exactly. But I just want to thank you so much for such an incredible episode. I think the listeners from both our podcasts are just going to gain so much value from today. And I hope that they take away a lot of what was said because I think it's a very, very value-packed podcast with a lot of information and a lot of takeaways. But I'm just so grateful that you have been so open and honest about your story. And I know that you are inspiring more people than you probably even realize. Wow. And Kylie, seriously, it's been an amazing morning. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I cannot wait to see the release of your book. Definitely going to be buying a copy. Um, Yay! <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, definitely and cool. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. And yeah, I'll, I look forward to continuing to follow your journey too. And it's just been an honor to speak with you this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Mind Your Hero podcast. We hope it's lit a fire within you to go after and achieve your dreams. If you loved this episode, we'd be honored if you would leave a review and share it with your friends on social media. As a thank you for sharing in our dream to inspire millions across the globe, we'll gift you a guided meditation that will allow you to step into the power of your inner hero faster than you could ever imagine. For daily inspiration, be sure you're following us on all social media platforms at Mind Your Hero. We've absolutely adored our time together on this episode and look forward to you tuning in again. Until next time, We wish you a magic-filled week.